Join us to learn more about the legislative process at our upcoming Cities on Taps events. Oh, <laughs> keep doing that. <laughs> taps. There are usually there are multiple, multiple taps. taps. <laughs> Cities on <laughs> Welcome to the AWC City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact cities. I'm Emma Shepard, and today I'm joined by our three lobbyists who are going to talk about what to expect this legislative session, along with information about our five adopted 2023 city legislative priorities. Let's introduce the lobbyists. Thanks, Emma. I'm Candace Bach. I'm AWC's Government Relations Director, and I cover the issue areas around budget and finance, uh, public safety currently, um, open government, and uh, labor and human resources. And I'm Brandy DeLing. I'm one of the government relations advocates here on the team as well, and I cover transportation, infrastructure, broadband, and energy issues. And hi, I'm Carl Schrader. I'm Deputy Government Relations Director, and I cover the environmental, land use, housing, and homelessness issue areas. So what does our legislative priorities process look like, and how are these five priorities determined? I mean, that's a good question. Each year we start our legislative priorities process um, actually in the spring, shortly after session ends, um, often more sooner than we're ready for it, it feels like. We're still kind of grappling with what has happened in um, the current session. We are looking ahead to um, the, the next year. So for 2023, the first meeting of our legislative priorities committee happened in May. And that is a committee made up of about 30 uh, city officials from around the state, uh, big and small cities, east, west, um, all, you know, a wide um, spectrum of opinions there. And that committee met in over the summer, May through September, to review issues, vet them, and then make a recommendation to AWC's board of directors. Um, they took input from uh, a member survey that we conducted in the spring, um, our large and small city advisory committees, and of course, um, their own cities and colleagues. So they made a recommendation to the AWC board of directors and the board met at the end of September and adopted their recommendations in full. So. Um, and that process is, is similar to what we do every year when we are developing um, the legislative agenda for the coming session. What do we expect for the 2023 legislative session and what will it look like? Oh, that's a good question and crystal balling a little bit here. Um, maybe I'll let Carl or Brandy go with some of the things that they're hearing about 2023. Well, I mean, I think one of the fundamentals is that it's the biennial budget year, so it will you know, that's always dominating uh, large portions of the time and effort that the legislature goes through in the long session, uh, which which we are in, which is 105 days in contrast to the shorter 60-day sessions. Uh, we are going to have a whole new crop of legislators, so that always is interesting. Um, <clears throat> we had a number of folks move from the House to the Senate, so there will be a different makeup even with the people who have been around for a while. Uh, on my issues, you know, there continues to be a great deal of interest in uh how to address the housing crisis and what's the role of the state and local governments and we'll get into that a little bit a little bit more obviously the the homelessness challenges um, dovetailing with the work that you're going to be doing on behavioral health candace uh continue to be you know pressing concerns in many parts of the state and uh you know i think there's also the return to uh we expect at least a physical in-person meeting which will uh you know kind of interesting to recreate the old dynamic and see how it 
whether it's changed and you know how they integrate some sort of hybrid approach as well. Yeah, I think one thing that I would note too is we initially were expecting that there would be kind of this red wave, if you will, where a bunch of Republicans would take some seats either in the House um, or nationally. And I think now we're starting to see that perhaps that's not going to be nearly the case that we originally anticipated um, as a result of the primaries. Um, but certainly there may still be some uh, uh, seat overturn um, if if they get their work together by November. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I think for me, I'm really looking forward to having my first in-person session here in Washington. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, going to be a really interesting process. Um, I know legislators are still trying to work out the details of what um, remote testimony will look like and what uh, remote participation and work sessions might look like. But I expect that they're um, going to go full throttle with the upcoming session being in person. Yeah, I certainly agree with all those those takes. Um, I would just add for 2023, um, as Carl noted, it's a budget year. And so I've been watching the revenue forecasts as they've been coming in. And we were seeing really positive revenue forecasts going into the 2022 session. Um, we were still seeing really positive revenue forecasts um, earlier this year. The most recent revenue forecast in September was a bit of a different um, uh, forecast and a different signal. It showed positive revenue growth for the current biennium, but for the next biennium, uh, 23 through 25, the one the legislature will be focused on the budgets for, it showed um, a decrease of a nearly $500 million in uh, state revenue, in part due to um, economic uncertainty, higher interest rates, higher inflation, and, and in part um, due to uh, a technical change and how they were calculating um, some of the sales tax revenue collection at the state level, a change in, made by the one of the tax boards. So that starts to signal a little bit of maybe tightening of their their budget for for next biennium. And so I think that could um, create a little bit more challenge as they're coming up with those budgets. Let's dive into our five city legislative priorities for this year. What are they and how do they impact cities? Yeah, so I have the first legislative priority, which is infrastructure funding. Um, as you should know, there are five priorities. Um, so uh, we'll be looking at a full funding of the Public Works Assistance Account um, and allowing any diversions that are set to sunset in fiscal year 2023 to actually happen. Um, as many of our listeners know, there's the unfortunate event with the Move Ahead Washington Transportation Package where um, uh, $57 million was diverted annually to, to backfill the needs of that budget. So we're really asking legislators to prioritize honoring the sunsets of 23 um, and then fully funding the Public Works Assistance Account. Many of our members use this to fund critical infrastructure needs. And certainly with um, you know situations in Flint and in Jackson, um, Mississippi, that I think this should be a top priority for, for many folks, knowing that um, water and wastewater is, is something that our members are dealing with on a regular basis and are certainly juggling with the other um, competing demands that they have. Um, and then I would just also equally note that we're looking at additional opportunities um, for the state to help us fund um, maintenance and operation of that infrastructure as well. It's not just making sure that we can build the infrastructure, but maintaining it into the future. 
Uh, thanks, Brandy. The next priority is um, addressing public safety vehicle pursuits. Uh, we know that the legislature adopted some restrictions to when law enforcement can conduct a pursuit in 2021 when they passed a number of law enforcement reforms. Uh, we're going to be asking the legislature to revisit some of those restrictions and revise them to allow for law enforcement to pursue dangerous sub subjects in more instances um, and particularly focus on um, a balancing test of does the um, risk of not pursuing outweigh the, the public safety risk of pursuing. Uh, we do recognize that um, there are some inherent dangers to high-speed pursuits and so a lot of the focus is also on adequate training and standards for law enforcement when they um, conduct a pursuit. But we've heard from cities around the state um, frustration with uh, lack of clarity and lack of ability um, to pursue suspects in dangerous situations. The third priority we're going to talk about today is the housing affordability and availability uh, priority that our board set. And I don't think it's a surprise to anyone listening to this podcast, the, the challenges that we're facing in the housing affordability environment with really rapidly increasing rents and home costs around the state, uh, not just in the, you know, the urban parts of the state, but um, pretty much every corner. And, you know, cities have been hard at work as uh, over time, and, and especially in the recent years, to uh, maximize all of the tools and opportunities that the state provides them to attract and help support uh, subsidized housing, as well as just market rate housing, and how to orient our codes and development regulations to um, be the most uh, effective at, at incentivizing industry to come and build in our communities. Uh, but we're still falling behind. You see these numbers of the underproduction uh, that the state has had over the last decades. That's a hole that we need to fill in addition to what we know is coming in terms of population growth and uh, migration. And so the, the challenge uh, facing us is to um, lay out a case for the state to increase their partnership with, with cities, to um, bring all the other uh, parties together, that um, our, our friends in the building industry and the uh, low-income housing advocates and others to find a package that we all collectively can agree on that will really move the needle on this issue. And uh, it's been an effort all summer, and, and we're looking forward to uh, kicking the session off and, and working with the state to get that done. Thanks, Carl. Um, our last two priorities of the five are really um, very much interrelated. The first one I'll cover is responding to the Blake decision. And just as a quick refresher, the Blake decision um, was a state Supreme Court decision in 2021 where um, they found unconstitutional our state law on um, possession of controlled substances or, or drugs. And so the legislature quickly had to respond to that and um, passed a, a new law around um, drug possession, making it a misdemeanor after the first two contacts with uh, law enforcement. Um, for cities, that really changed things. And so for our priority going into the 2023 session, um, the focus is on funding uh, around the, the ramifications of um, the, the Blake decision and the need to uh, go back and process um, vacations of some of those sentences or resentencing or repayment of legal financial obligations to individuals who um, were convicted under what's now an unconstitutional law. 
And then look at the funding needed to go forward to adequately um, respond to those crimes as misdemeanors, more funding for our, our criminal justice system at the local level, public defenders, uh, municipal courts, therapeutic courts, um, and also um, looking at the behavioral health support, uh, more investment in alternative response teams, more investment in treatment and providers, um, and really, you know, again, the focus on uh, assisting people who are suffering from substance use, substance use disorder. Um, additionally, we are asking the legislature, as they have to revisit um, the crime of drug possession um, due to their, their own self-imposed deadline, uh, making sure that whatever they do going forward is something that cities can actually implement and that we can administer. Um, cities have expressed frustration with the current referral system. Um, there's no tracking statewide. And it, it can be really hard to um, address accountability in that. So, again, asking the legislature to keep that in mind as they revisit what that um, criminal penalty should be. And then um, the final priority that we'll talk about this morning, again, is behavioral health. So very much tied into the Blake decision and um, concerns around uh people's access to behavioral health. So cities know what happens when we don't have um, good access to community-based behavioral health services and are asking the legislature to continue investing in that, um, in that need and making sure that we have access across the state in cities large and small for um, treatment facilities and uh, providers. We also are asking the legislature to continue funding programs like um, alternative response and co-responders that really can partner with our first responders to make sure people are getting the help that they need. So um, behavioral health is, is a big area that I think the legislature will be focused on. They've put a lot of funding into it the last couple of years, and we're asking them to continue that in 2023. Thanks. How can cities get involved in the legislative process? Oh, there's so many ways that it's really helpful uh, for me when they, uh, when city officials or uh, staff like to reach out uh, if they've heard about a bill. Uh, you can keep track of things in our bulletin where we do our best to explain them in a, you know, mostly plain English way to illustrate the, uh, you know, effect that it would have on cities and then ask for feedback, whether that's problematic or uh, would be helpful. Um, you know, I know that I, I'd love to get text messages, or phone calls, emails, you know, basically any sort of communication on that front. There's also opportunities to, to come and present at work sessions and testify on bills. Uh, I'm sure there are others that I'm uh, leaving for my colleagues here, but, uh, you know, we really are I was trying to make it as easy as possible for folks to, you know, engage with the system. That's part of what, we, what we're here for. Yeah, I think Carl really hit it on the head, but I would just add that early engagement is really important, making sure that you're reaching out to those legislators um, before session even begins and developing a relationship with them so that it's not a surprise to them when you give them a call or shoot them a text through session on something that you may have a concern or um, something that you may be supporting. Um, so even as you're watching folks go through the campaign season, I encourage everyone to reach out, ask them to meet for a cup of coffee. Um, and start to develop that rapport with them that um, will lend to a, a more robust relationship through the session. Um, and then certainly the other thing that I always recommend is making sure that you situate the issues that you're facing in the same way that they're thinking about it. So acknowledging that you're serving the same constituency is incredibly important and reminding them that uh, they equally have local priorities and they want to make sure that 
um, the folks that they're serving are being well served at the state legislature as well as at the city level. Just tying into what, what Brandy's saying, um, in particular, right now is a great time for cities to be adopting their own 2023 legislative agendas. If you haven't started work on that, again, this is the perfect time to do that. You can use AWC's agenda as a model. Um, also on our website, we've got links to um, legislative agendas from other cities for the last couple of years. Uh, so if you're looking for some inspiration on what your legislative agenda might look like, uh, you can check that out. But uh, now is a great time. That's an important communication tool for working with your legislators going into session and throughout session. It's also a good way to kind of position um, yourself so that your city is all speaking with the same voice on the issues that are important to you. So fall is perfect time for that. Where can a city official learn more about our priorities? I just mentioned our website, and so that's a, a great resource. Um, in addition to having a, a link to all of our um, our five legislative priorities, you'll be able to find fact sheets about each of those priorities that go into a little bit more detail. Those are great communications tools. Um, in our legislative bulletin, we have, uh, as, as Carl mentioned, we continue to put out information throughout the interim and then going into session about what's happening with our priorities and other issues. So our legislative website is full of great resources on our priorities, as well as those kind of advocacy tips and tools. And Candace, a little later in the year, they'll be able to come to City Action Days and get a briefing on where things stand and uh, a variety of issues beyond just our priorities, uh, as well as hear from speakers and um, network with their colleagues. Uh, it's a really great opportunity to learn uh, more specifically what is working on that year and how you can get involved to make sure that your city's interests are kept in mind. That's a great plug, Carl. Um, city Action Days will be February 15th and 16th uh, in 2023, and registration will open in December. And then um, back by popular demand, although we were um, always intending to bring them back, we're going to again do our Friday City Action uh, Zoom calls for those folks who are interested in getting a quick update on the legislative action for that week. Um, we really enjoyed those calls last session. Um, it was a great opportunity to hear directly from all of you what's important and get your feedback on bills as well as just giving you the latest um, news and updates. So I'll watch for those again this session. Yeah, and then we have the Cities on Tap um, events, and we've got a number of them coming up, including Ridgefield, Spokane Valley, and Wenatchee, and then I believe we also have an online event as well. And these are all a really great opportunity to um, bring together your colleagues, network with them, hear uh, legislative priority updates from us, ask us some in-depth questions, and then, of course, um, you know, really just grab some of those fact sheets that Candace mentioned earlier. I always just want city officials to know um, that their voice matters and we really um, benefit from their engagement. And as Carl noted earlier, like we love to hear from you, text, call, email, um, whatever it is to, to provide our feedback, but also make sure you're doing that with your legislators as well. They really value that interaction. Um, and again, the city official voice, the uh, elected official voice is really powerful in this process. And um, so I know it can be a little bit of an overwhelming process and city officials are busy with other work, but it, it really um, does benefit the outcomes uh, when you're involved and engaged in, in the legislative process. Yeah. So the, you know, the other thing I like to always uh, talk to folks about is that, you know, legislators are just regular um, community leaders like yourself who are doing their best to um, make decisions that make their community better and stronger and more successful. 
And you're a real great uh, source of information on how they can do that. And as you build those relationships and uh, interact with your legislators more and more, um, you become a resource for them as the session gets uh, crazy in its final days and, and they're voting on dozens or hundreds of bills. Uh, you know, a, a quick word from you can really uh, make a difference. So that's the sort of thing that if you work at it, you can uh, really lend to your community. Yeah, and I, I guess I would maybe just kind of add and echo what Candace and Carl are saying. Um, for me, I, I love hearing feedback from our members. I think it really helps me provide so, and paint the story for legislators um, on whatever issue we may be working on, whether it's, you know, uh, demonstrating the, the catastrophic problems of sweeping the public works assistance account, or if it's um, supporting uh, really critical uh, infrastructure funding, hearing from you and having you share those stories with us is incredibly important. Um, and then equally sharing those stories with your legislators is incredibly important. That's it for the AWC City Voice podcast. Join us to learn more about the legislative process at our upcoming Cities on Tap events, October 10th in Wenatchee, October 18th in Ridgefield, October 27th in Spokane Valley, and online November 2nd. Reach out to us if you have any questions or need help with anything, and stay tuned to our legislative bulletin e-newsletter. This podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.